Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The things aren't, things don't happen. I just dropped my mic. I'm reported to say I would rather be governed by the first 2,000 people in the Boston Telephone Directory than by the 2,000 people on the faculty of Harvard University. As government expands, liberty contracts. It's funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is with people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. Personally, I think he missed his time. Please clap. It's the Ricochet Podcast with Peter Robinson and Rob Long. I'm James Lalex. Today we talk to Annika Rothstein in Caracas and John Yu, probably from the lobby of a McDonald's. Let's have ourselves a podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's the Ricochet Podcast, number CDXLVII. If you're citing this in Roman numerals, 447. If you're not, we thank you for joining us today. And um, I'm James Lalex, Minneapolis, with an eye out the window looking for the tanks to roll because, of course, this is a constitutional crisis. The nation's about to fall <laughs> apart. Uh, Rob, Peter, in your various places of California and New York, I assume that everyone is also on tenter hooks because the very foundational documents of this country are about to be shredded by a process that threatens to consume us all in the lake of fire. Or, as somebody I spoke to yesterday said, this is just white noise to me now. Which I think is interesting because if you are really involved in all of this, it's incredibly important. And if you're on the right side of the equation, you're thinking this is not going to work the way you guys think it is. But there seems to be the idea that unless there is a constant banging of every available drum on the obstruction and the impeachment and the uh, contempt and the rest of it, that somehow uh, Trump will, I don't know, win? What do you guys think, what do you guys think of uh, the Democrat strategy at the moment? On the spectrum of uh, fearful fear that tanks are rolling versus all this is white noise, I'm much, much closer to white noise. Um, all three of us, one of the great benefits of this podcast, in my opinion, is that all three of us are outside Washington. Apparently, if you're in Washington and above all these days, journalists, I don't know what the strip is like, James, but I'm told that in the Washington Examiner, the Washington Post, every magazine, every website in Washington, they all have screens on. <laughs> so they're uh, up on the wall. They're watching television. They're watching CNBC. They're, they can't get Donald. They cannot escape. Of course, they don't choose to escape him, but they right. have Twitters. All right. of this stuff is in their face all the time. Poor well, people. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that for you then from a newsroom before we get to. Yes, Russia, yes, yes. York. Um, we do have I mean, we have a central hub here in our wonderful modern newsroom uh, that is uh, arranged in a horseshoe around a series of monitors. Uh, like right, we're watching we the monolith from 2001. Tell us what uh, what's going on. And it's, I mean, and that's just part of being in a newsroom. You've got that news going. We have ancillary monitors elsewhere. The business department will be monitoring the financial channels. You know, and people will be monitoring local back and local. But over where I 
I live, um, my next door neighbor has turned it on a little wild now and then, and I, I give him trouble for it. It's like, you know, this, this ain't Watergate. But just when I walk in and I see it and I see the chirons and I see the scrolls and the rest of it, I get this right. sense that something is happening. Just That's the very right. presence of the fact that the television, you know, the, the holy rectangle has been uh, activated so means means that there's something going on. Of course, if I were in an airport, I would ignore it completely because that's right. just CNN International pumping out what they do. Right. So, Rob, you're in New York. Um, the mood there is. You're, I, I know you are. Your, your thumb is is so gently yet so sensitively placed to the pulse of Gotham, the carotid artery. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think a thought experiment. Just say it is Watergate, right? Just say it is. Um, Watergate didn't have news 24-7 either. That's right. I mean, things don't happen that way. They just don't. You don't have a situation where you – I mean, like, unless there's some kind – unless there's a war on. And remember, this really did start. This kind of 24-hour cycle right. started with the first Persian Gulf War, Operation <laughs> yep. Desert Storm. That's when it yep. started, and it kind of made CNN. It really kind of was its first big mm-hmm. uh, uh, moment on stage and sort of created it as a business model. But life and – Politics, even Watergate-style politics. I mean, I don't think this is Watergate, but just say it is. It didn't happen 24-7. It managed to be reported right. in the newspaper mm-hmm. every morning, every other morning. Uh, it didn't really it, uh, approach uh, daily 24-7 news time until, I don't know, maybe the the the, the impeachment vote maybe or the, or the uh, House – Maybe house hearings later on, but even then, like it, it just the idea that um, everything's breaking news and everything's an emergency and everything's a crisis is uh, designed to make um, you know people who are selling crisis and emergency a lot of money. Right. But it doesn't. I mean, it moves a lot of on Fox News. It moves a lot of uh, gold coins and mm-hmm. self-lubricating catheters and on CNN it moves a lot <laughs> of like I don't know insurance stuff and like it moves a lot of daytime advertisers because those rates are pretty low but it doesn't it doesn't actually edify anybody and I think no. what it does is no. makes people crazy it, it, it does the, the, the now, story the story this morning it's still well it was morning until a few moments ago out here in California the story of the morning was that that Trump has just ramped it up by invoking executive privilege actually no, no. the white house hasn't ramped it up after the White House invokes executive privilege, almost for certain it goes to the courts. So what happens is Nadler says this, the White House says this, Nadler finds for contempt, and then the White House invokes executive privilege, and this won't get resolved for months. The White House just slowed it down. They didn't Also, a thought experiment, again, or Google it. Uh, it is sum total of what percentage of recent American administrations, starting with, oh, I'll just pick one, Reagan, has there not been a, a, a controversy or some kind of trouble around the issue of executive privilege? Right. And I will, I will say 100% of all administrations have had this issue. 0% have not. The idea that this is breaking news, it's crazy. This script has been written. 95% of the script has been written already and has happened already in every single administration. And the idea Whatever. that this is somehow we're breaking new ground I mean, even the phrase breaking new ground isn't new. Even the phrase <laughs> constitutional, we've heard this all before. We didn't hear it much, as much under Obama, but we did hear it. We heard it plenty under George W. Bush, plenty under Reagan, plenty under the first Bush, plenty under Clinton. So you can't, you can't, break, you can, you, you can't break new ground in a swamp. Right. Uh, Rob is absolutely right about both sides doing this. I mean, I have I, that Fox 
bong that always tells you that something is breaking. Uh, years ago, I just learned to tune it out before I tuned out the channel entirely because un unless we have just sent uh, you know, a carrier fleet to the Gulf and they're deploying and the B-52s are going over Tehran, I, I, the bong yeah. and the breaking does not qualify. Yeah. But let's be honest on one – I mean let's, let's say pick, an, pick any singular thing about the Obama administration that Republicans were angry about, be it Obamacare, um, the extra constitutional disbursement of funds there or Obama uh, you know, taking unto himself the right to make immigration as opposed to the powers that were granted right. specifically right. to the con Congress or droning a citizen – without trial and killing them, et cetera. Let's say any of these things uh, were occupying our minds uh, to the extent to which Donald Trump's obstructionism is occupying the mind of the left. Would we be complaining if there was particular detailed, incessant coverage of the issues on our television screens? I don't think that we would. I think we would say this is a necessary corrective. So I, I, you know, I take Rob's point as true, but if, if, if we really believed that this was as important as it was, right, as, as right. the yeah, but the difference does, there is that Obama was in the wrong and Trump is in the right. Yeah. <laughs> well, true. But I mean, I, would, I, would, I guess I would say I, I found it annoying and irritating when they would do it under George W. Bush. But yes. I suppose, I guess, if you're going to make a comparative kind of statement, I guess, well, it was during a war. So maybe it's like wartime. I, mean, I, I don't know. Uh, Obama, I had you know policy issues with him and I had some ethical issues that I felt like were not properly addressed. I don't think the IRS investigations, which I'm still upset about, still angry about. I mean, I, I don't think, I think the fact that no one went to prison for that is uh, evidence enough that the, that the, the, the deck is stacked for the other side. Since um, James it, is our conscience yeah. here, he can keep us honest on this, but I'm with, I believe that what I find most irksome about the coverage of the Obama years is what wasn't covered. Yeah, right. The, right. the IRS lowest learner in the IRS, the press gave that very scant coverage. The outrage, I, I really do think this is outrageous, is how little investigating and how little reporting the press did into right. Right, right. drones that we <laughs> yeah. kept firing on, 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 on Pakistan and Afghanistan. And Obama, we won't torture people. No, but we'll kill them. We will kill them. We won't They're do rendition. That's right. We won't do rendition, but as long as it's out of sight, as long as the press doesn't ask questions, as long as the coverage is very light, we'll just drop rockets on people from the air. Very little coverage of that. And very little coverage, of course, of the immigration. I mean, there's that wonderful photograph of uh, 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 Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, I think. Johnson, his last name Johnson? Jay Johnson. Jay. Jay. Uh, Jay yeah, right. right, Jay. Walking uh, along a detention center. Uh, close to the, the the Texas border, and behind a what what I guess you could call cages, uh, there are children. And it's a news photograph of the from the time, and there he is, and all we hear about is children in cages. But then this this is a photograph that was readily available at a news photograph and was used and was public. Uh, well, the former Secretary of Homeland Security, that's and nobody noticed right. it. But that's because the underlying predicate for the administration was compassion and uh, transnational goodness and, and wonderfulness right, for right, all. Right. If the underlying predicate for this administration is that they are racists who hate these people specifically because of the concentration of melanin in their blood, in their skin, then but, this yeah. 
then even if this photograph was taken from a previous administration, it speaks truth about the contemporary administration. But so for it, a moment. But nobody ever sits down and says, we're going, you know, we're going to ign- let's ignore this. Nobody ever passes that around and says, let's stifle this story. It just do- it just doesn't it rise. A story. Yeah. It's not a piece of balsa wood that comes to the surface. It just sort of gets waterlogged and floats down because it's, there are more important be- narratives to, to talk yeah, about. I heard a friend of mine describe it as it's not a match. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, when you're playing, you know, patience or memory, you're one of those games, and you turn over and it's a butterfly and you don't even remember it and you turn it down and the butterfly doesn't click to you until you pick up another butterfly. And, you know, oh, I know right. what that one is. Now it's right. a match. If it doesn't right. match, then it doesn't really it just it just kind of goes out of your brain. You don't you forget where it is. But I, I would say, on the other hand, just for a moment, there, it, it, it is right now indicative of what I find to be uh, I, I really find baffling about American politics in general. You, whatever you think of Trump, he is the real – I mean this, this is – he's a polemical president with actual policies, some of which I disagree with, some of which I agree with. And he has but the personality is, of a self-lubricating catheter. Yeah, it's a horrible person. To, to, use, to, use, <laughs> but, your, to use your term. <laughs> but he does have positions and policies, and so there is plenty to run against. Yes, now, there is. It, it's hard to run against an economy that's humming along. You can, you know, listen, when, when there are Democrats in there, all Republicans want to talk about is the, is the national debt. And when Republicans in there, all the Democrats want to talk about is the national debt. And when the, your guy's in, you never want to talk about the national debt, right? But, all right? but there's other things you can talk about if you wanted to, I suppose. But you're in, if you're running against a president in good economic times, you have a challenge. You have a real challenge. It is not new to American politics. It is sometimes you're doomed. If you're Bob Dole in 1996, what are you going to do? Like or Michael really Dukakis, hard. Michael Dukakis in '88, or Manuel in '84, uh, or all, frankly, if you're um, uh, you're John McCain in 2008, correct? Right? Comedy's in the right. in the tank, and it's it's the reverse, right? Correct. So it it's hard, but it's not as if it's impossible, and it's not as if this president has not given you a lot of room, <laughs> and yet they they insist on this complicated Jenga game of trying to topple him, well, we'll tote this and this. And the only people who are an audience for that are people who are never we're, – we're never going to vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And it just seems strange to me that to wrap themselves up in this when they should be wrapping themselves up in normalcy. Because that, that's, that's, how, that's how you're going to beat him. That's what I've been saying for a long time here. And Peter, tell me what you think about this, that perhaps the Go. Democrats are making a bid that the people on the right who don't – who did not like Donald Trump because of his character – um, are going to be lured over to the side that has all kinds of policies with which they disagree because that side also shares their verdict on, on his character. I, I, I don't think that works. Well, your Max Boots, it'll work. It'll work for your, yeah. your, 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 your Bill Crystals, but it's – go on. Here's the, here's the level at which I can see it working. We know that Republicans did much more poorly than they might have done otherwise in the midterms for one reason suburban women. These are typically many married women. I mentioned their marital status because married women tend to vote Republican. So women who might otherwise have voted Republican just found Donald Trump too repellent. They just couldn't stomach him. So they voted Democratic or stayed home and Republicans lost seats in the House that they would otherwise have carried. At that level, I can see some sense in what the Democrats in Congress are doing. Just 
keep making the people who dislike Donald Trump continue to feel troubled by him, continue to feel that somehow or other all this is Trump's fault, it's trouble, it's irritating, it's annoying, it's upsetting. Make it go away. And the way we make it go away is by voting against Donald Trump. At that level, I can see it working. At the level of ideas, policies, zero chance it's going to work. Rob is exactly right. They're not going to persuade anyone who wasn't already with them in terms of policy. But I can see just keeping pressure on. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Frankly, suburban women, one particular Republican constituency. That makes some sense to me. Maybe they yeah, just got, they I, got that I, out of the way in the midterm, Rob. Well, yes. That was the, that was the, the problem, character election. Yeah, that, I, and that, I think that's a, that's a fair argument. But I, I still think that your problem with that is that you are – instead of normalizing him, you are normalizing the opposition to him. And you're making that – I'm not being making it making it seem normal like you agree with it, but making it seem humdrum. And of course, what new thing are they throwing at this guy? And there's a, there's a point at which, you know, they took a shot at him, a really big one, and they and they lost. And at that point, I just think good politics suggests you move on. Like the idea that you're going to like, no, we're going to sift through the ruins of the Mueller report and find something. We're going to sift through his uh, his uh, uh, income tax for the past 20 years right. and find something. We're going to sift through something. A guy has been sifted through and has sifted himself through for years and years and years. Uh, something is just – I think it, why it, – it's part of my larger view of the world and people in general and human nature, which is there's something – very strange about people when they, they they look at something that's very very hard to do and they act like oh that's easy I'm not going to even think about that <laughs> and they find something very very easy to do and they try to make that hard and that is a way to avoid doing something that you're really lying to yourself about right I mean you know there's there's theological arguments here and there's political arguments here it is a hard thing it is a hard thing to impeach a president. But well, they're the question, trying to do that because they don't want to run against him. The question will be whether or not people think that 
in 2020, they, you know, Donald Trump is a is a lumpy pillow or a pillow with a big rock in it because one of those you can get used to and the other you can just never learn to acclimate yourself towards. Well, you know, well sleeping is like that. I mean, comfortable, you got to be comfortable, right? How many times do you say to yourself, oh, I'm not comfortable? Well, you got to be comfortable. I've said that word three times because those are the three most important things for getting a good night's sleep, comfort. If you would like the best sleep of your life and who wouldn't, you need to be comfortable, and that's what all those sleeping pills are trying to do for you, right? But no, you, you, don't, you don't need that. You just need bowl and branch sheets. Now, what makes bowl and branch sheets unique is that each sheet is crafted from 100% organic cotton. That means, well, it means that the sheets not only feel incredible, but bowl and branch sheets also look amazing. And since bowl and branch sells exclusively online, you do not pay that expensive retail markup. That's half the price, twice the quality. You gotta love these sheets, frankly. How do you know? Well, try them 30 nights. See for yourself. If you're not impressed, eh, return a full refund. Bolden Branch has thousands of five-star reviews from the New York Times and Forbes and the Wall Street Journal. They all rave about them. And 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 how many US presidents do you think have Bolden Branch sheets? One, two, three presidents. So there you go. I've had them for as long as we've been doing these. And like a lot of sheets, unlike a lot of sheets that I've you know bought over the years that just become threadbare. These get better every time you wash them. So they start out as the most comfortable sheets you've ever had and then wash by wash, month by month, year by year. They just get even better. So find out for yourself. Go to bowlandbranch.com today and you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets plus free shipping in the U.S. But you got to use the promo code, which is Ricochet. That's right. $50 off plus free U.S. shipping right now at bowlandbranch.com. That's spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com. Promo code Ricochet. Bowlandbranch.com. Promo code Ricochet. And our thanks for Bowling Branch, of course, for sponsoring this Ricochet podcast. And now we welcome back to the podcast Annika Rothstein. I've been handed a bio here, and it has some interesting little changes to it. Instead of saying she's a journalist, it says she's the journalist. And I'm not going to dispute that. It also says she's a lover of meat, freedom, and smooth cigars. And again, you're our nomination for Miss America 2019. Uh, you've, been our, you've been our woman in Caracas for the past several months now, and we've been following you on Twitter. It's a harrowing story. Before we go any farther, a lot of people listening to this podcast and in the comments are going to say, look, we've read what you've written. You've provided incredible testimony, great stories. I got a better view of Venezuela because of you. But for God's sakes, get out before something horrible happens. We worry about you. What do you say to those people when a yet another story comes of what happens that, that perhaps the peril may exceed the information that the rest of us are getting? Well, I will say there are, you know, there's a limited amount of times that a woman can dodge a bullet. Um, so they do have a point. And uh, yes, I'm about to get out. Good. Before it's, we get uh, to it's about that time. Yeah. <laughs> before before we get to the situation right now, which is not good, hasn't been good, gets worse. Mm-hmm. Tell us what happened to you. You got kidnapped. I got kidnapped. Um, so I was uh, attending a meeting with a couple of contacts. Uh, and my contact never showed up the brain behind the, the whole kidnapping operation. This was a person linked to the Chacao police. Uh, so he was a, a police officer. And I was meeting him for an interview. And then when I was leaving, after sitting around waiting for an hour, my car, our car, got cut off. And uh, three men in spice uniforms with uh, automatic weapons stepped out of the car and grabbed me. Four to five hour long you know, harrowing afternoon that went from bad to worse. Uh, I mean, from shock to shock. I was, um, I was told that I was 
going to be put in the Sabine prison. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that, that means uh, not coming back, basically. Um, it was described to me what they would do to me, ex- very explicitly what type of torture is done to women in the Sabine prison. And, um, and then, you know, magically, a solution was presented to me. And they said that the fine for what you, what you have done is $20,000. So, um, you know, in order to get out of the predicament I was in, I said, okay, I'll, I'll try and do what I can. And I was held prisoner while trying to find a solution, trying to come up with money, trying to, you know, figure out what to do. And then four and five hours into it, suddenly more men show up with their weapons drawn. I have no idea what's going on. And then it's, uh, it's the fight. <laughs> I mean, it's complicated, so bear with me. Uh, telling me that the people who had kidnapped me were not actually fight officers, but that they are, and that they are now going to capture. They had uh, captured two of the, the culprits, and that I was to come with them for a raid to find and identify the others. So I was put in the back of one of four uh, fight cars, fight trucks. And uh, there are at least 20, 25 people there with automatic weapons. You know, I, I can't even, you can't even imagine the sight in the middle of the night. And we speed off and there's gunfire. There's an exchange of, of fire. Two people are shot. Um, two people are apprehended. Three people are apprehended at what was supposed to be a drop-off site that the fights had arranged. And, uh, and then, you know, that's just the start of what is 36 hours of, identifying criminals, interrogation, drama, realizing that everyone you trusted in the city uh, have betrayed you and sold you out. So that's the short version. Good Lord. How did you get yeah. back in? I mean, I, I, I want to come back to this, but how did you get back in? Because a little while ago, we t- heard the story of you being turned away at the airport, put bat- back in the plane right. and sent back to Paris. How did you get back in? Well, I'm famously, you know, the woman who, who can't take no for an answer and who won't <laughs> take a hint. So uh, I came in through Colombia. Mm-hmm. And there are ways <laughs> to get through Colombia, even having no for an answer. And so I did that. We're going to wait, wait to read the whole account of your story because <laughs> there, there's there's so much we have yet to hear from this, and I can't wait. And we don't want to, you know, we want you to sell it for an awful lot of money. So let's let's oh, look at detail. God, I hope so because I am, you know, as the vice officer said, when they you're basically Santa Claus to these people. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, this is you know Patreon is only gives out once a month, so this is really a case of GoFundMe. Um, but, <laughs> The situation that we seem to be hearing right now is that perhaps the uh, the last uh, uprising, they pulled the trigger a day too soon, that they had to go prematurely yeah. and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And now everybody, everybody's going to be rounded up. What's the sense on the ground there? Well, that's true. Uh, what happened was that, uh, as, as I've been told, um, they were supposed to do this May 1st. I mean, Guaido had planned a, a huge rally for May 1st, and that was... Uh, took place outside La Carlota Air Base was supposed to happen uh, midday on May 1st, but it happened four in the morning on April 30th because, um, you know, they, they got word that Leopoldo Lopez was going to be moved to the Sabine prison. He has been in house arrest, of course, and he was going to be moved in the prison. 
never to be heard from again. Um, so there was an operation in the background where officers, even civilian officers, had uh, accepted uh, money in exchange for the street and had, had gone with Guaido. And so everything that was supposed to happen on May 1st then happened at 4 in the morning. And they were not prepared for it, obviously. I mean, it, was, uh, it became, as I described, the Ikea of coups, sort of. It was, uh, it was dead on the ground. It was built to fail. So, um, so it was, you know, it barely lasted a few hours because what they didn't have, the officers that were supposed to go with him, the, the part of the army that was expected to turn to Guaido didn't because they could see, of course, that he didn't have the authority. He wasn't prepared. And, right. and the price for going with him is, uh, well, it's the ultimate price. So they didn't. Hey, uh, it's Rob Long in New York. Thanks for I get what an incredibly harrowing story. I hope they make a movie and you become a zillionaire. Um, but before that oh, happens, God willing. yeah, the last time we talked, uh, we, we were all waiting for um, a moment when American uh, forces or American influence or support would either make a decisive move or not. Uh, it seemed to be that that was uh, scheduled for the May 1 coup. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of American uh, foreign policy, you know, Secretary of State and Secretary of Defense kind of shrugging, saying, well, we did what we could. Meanwhile, um, there was, uh, in, uh, you know, an intervention, we'll say, in the region by uh, the Russians but in violation yeah. of the Monroe Doctrine. And that has also been put on ice. So, if you could give us what, what would your what are the next three things? What should we be looking at to happen next there, on, with the, with a proviso that it doesn't look like a, an American intervention of force is imminent? What what's what game is everybody playing? Well, I mean, as, as far as I I've been told, one of the reasons why this this failed so miserably. Um, was of course had it succeeded. I mean, what why those people are telling me, I don't, I you know, I can't swear to it. But what they are saying is, had it actually succeeded, you would have a military government now um, under Russia, meaning that the people that claim to have sided with Guaido actually had sold him out and had a deal with Russia behind the scenes, and that the plan was to Madu- remove Maduro and have Guaido be incredibly unprepared for what was coming next and then put Guaido in his place and then you know, basically give them the, the head on the platter that everybody wants in the international community, which is Maduro, and it's business as usual except for the military government. So what those people are saying is that, you know, it's sort of a blessing in disguise in the sense that this was a rotten deal to begin with. So that's one thing. And the other now is that after all of this came to light and everyone saw that a lot of people were taking a lot of money and a lot of deals. Everything is shifting right now. So the head of the Sabina has been taken out and, and put in place. Uh, another person has been put in place. Uh, that person is being shifted. Everything is being shifted. So I would say that Venezuela has never been more dangerous than it is right now. Because no one knows who is where, who is loyal to whom. Uh, or if the deal that was made on a Monday is good on a Tuesday. Mm. And so a, everyone is very, very nervous. And a computer Robinson here, that anticipates my question. Think back to Cuba. Fidel takes over in 1959. There's a period, there's some exec, several hundred executions. Living standards drop. A million Cubans leave for Florida. But after two years, two and a half, three years, 
a kind of a certain level of stagnation sets in and it stays that way. So between Chavez and Maduro, Venezuela has been undergoing this this slow rolling catastrophe for many years. Do you have the feeling that the people who are going to leave have left? And now that Maduro has stared down this latest attempt, he's in to stay. Are we at the stage now where things are are, are becoming stagnant but but stable? I would say that Maduro's fate is very uncertain. I mean, this failure was it was bigger than anyone could have anticipated. And having survived this, the regime having survived this, now shifting everything around, it's scarier. People are, you know, people lost hope. You remember me having very hopeful and, you know, mm-hmm. so I, uh, conversations a month ago. Um, I'm a cynic now. And, and apparently that's what Venezuela does to you. You know, I mean, a few kidnappings in and, and I'm, I'm getting kind of rough around the edges. So, Annika, what is there a, with regard to living standards, just medicine, food, has the country yeah. bottomed out? Have the people who remain there got enough to live on? Or do you think things can continue to get worse still? They can they can still continue to get worse. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Definitely still. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's below hell. I can't, you know, I can't say. I don't have a word for, for the next level. I this like the majority for, you know, at least 85, 95, 90% of people here. Okay. Uh, but you can still hustle. People hustle still. There is a way of thinking because you've had this dream of it's going to change. Right. And especially for the past three months, to people here. You know, the rallies alone, the fact that there's been this, you know, new guy on the scene that the international community seems to care. You know, the, the reason I've, I've kept coming back is because I, for whatever reason, I fell in love with this country completely, like head over heels in love. And a lot of it has to do with the people that, you know, for no good reason, no apparent reason, are hopeful, are good, you know, are, are, are struggling. And when you see them lose hope, 
And when you meet people who are crying, literally crying in front of me, saying that, well, after this, what is there? Because it's going to close down even more. And the ex no one is, you know, people are trying to get visas. Visas are being denied. You can't get a passport. You can't get a driver's license. You can't get identification so you can leave. So the people who could leave have left. And, and the rest, you know, what is there? Annika, last question yeah, before, before we I'm bombing no, everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this this is yeah, I'm bummed out actually. Yeah. Where I saw it going for a long time ago. Um, yeah. this, this may sound like a stupid question. I want to talk to you when you get back and you've got a little space and distance to it. But right. you know, when you look at Havana today, you see a city that was beautiful, that was you know the, the colonial architecture, the Beaux Arts styles, and then it just was ossified, stuck in time, deteriorated, fell apart. But there was still a beauty there, and nothing replaced it except for some brutal Cuban buildings. In Caracas, is is anything new? Have they built any new mm. buildings? Do they paint any signs? Are there advertisements that uh, the government hasn't put out that indicate some life outside the government sphere? Is there, or is just the sense that things got stuck and are now just falling apart bit by bit, day by day? Well, it's it's different from Cuba in, in some ways. I mean, I've spent some time in Havana as well, and and it's not that. Things it's not that bad yet. Yeah, no. things, <laughs> things are being developed, but it, when you say is there life apart from the government, my answer is no, because this is happening, you know, they have this word here, you know, enchufados, which means people who are connected, doing business through connections to the government, which means there's still business. People are still making money. Those people, those enchufados, we identify by, you know, they're, they're driving the good cars. You know, you know, people point to the, to the nice cars that are not, you know, actively falling apart and they say, oh, enchufados. And that means that this person has a link to the government. And he has a store, he has a restaurant, he has a hotel. Like these people can still manage, but is anything, you know, everything is part of the government because you need to actively work with them and be in the system and know how to hustle with that uh, in order to, to make your life work. And this is, you know, this is a city of hustlers. This is a country of hustlers. If you're not a hustler, you know, you're a chump. Wait a minute, something that was supposed to use centralized authority to benefit the people ends up only benefiting the people in the centralized authority? That's, that can't be. Where have we seen it? <laughs> Listen, Annika, tweet when you're on the way. to Tweet us when you're on the plane. Tweet when you land wherever you go. Keep everybody informed because we want to know that you got out safe and you landed somewhere and you can begin to write again about the story that you've, you've, you've experienced because it's a tremendous one. And we thank you for coming on Ricochet and, so uh, and, 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 and telling the tales. And we'll read every word of what you put up next. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. All right. Stay safe. Bye bye. Oi, Gavolt. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I just what's it, what it must be like to be in a country in turmoil, in which there's a certain, I mean, a great amount of lawlessness, and then you're staring down the barrel of a gun. Yeah. Um. It's it's extraordinary. It 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 really is, and it makes you wonder that. Uh, there's no lessons to be drawn from that from America, right? There's absolutely no lessons whatsoever we can talk about the dangers of centralized authority and charismatic leadership and the rest of it and all the other <laughs> right. things. So, uh, you know, did we dodge that with FDR? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, I but I mean, I'm, I'm still worried about climate change, James. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too, me too, terribly so. Um, but it's it's like today I was I was listening to the clip of AOC and Bernie talking about uh, using the post office as a banking facility, 
Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be absolutely great? I mean, I love my local post office. It's filled with very nice people who are doing a, a, a great job at taking things from you and putting them elsewhere so they go someplace else cheaply. I like that. But there's just this sort of decrepitude about the entire building that you don't find in a modern post office or in a modern bank, which are shiny <laughs> right. and, and fighting and right. the rest of it. It's also, it really- used to be. It was. Uh, there, there was a banking component to the post office about 100 years ago. Well, there used to be like the oldest the, idea in the world, well, post office the, savings. And, and the Japanese do it quite well. And, and the, the English French, do it. Yeah. Yep. I remember yep. reading about some sort of crisis of Japanese postal receipts or something like that because the population of graying and only literally and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I don't know. The current system we have today, if we want to backstop it with the federal government and extend credit to people who don't have the best, who is actually going to pay for the overdrafts and the stuff that doesn't get paid for? I tend to think it might be us. And um, – that's maybe a debate that we ought to have about. But in the meantime, you know, when it comes to credit and when it comes to buying things and cards and the rest of it, what if you got like, you know, zero, 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 you know, well, nobody likes zero anything. I mean, zero money's bad. Zero credit's bad. You break your phone, you lose contact with the outside world. You got zero calls. You got zero texts, zero social media. Life without a phone means pretty much zero everything, right? Having zero of anything is hardly anything good. Unless is he going to an ad? My gummy is it, unless unless we're talking about Zebit. <laughs> That's Z E B I T Zebit. They will change your whole perspective on zero forever. What is it? Well, Zebit is a better credit option. Zebit provides a better credit option for those who need it. Frankly, they allow you to buy what you need and pay over time, interest free. That's what I just said. Interest free. There's zero cost to join. With Zebit, there's no cost to join, no membership fees, no late fees. There's zero credit score needed. Zebit does not check your credit score, and Zebit account does not affect your credit score either. They, they have this huge marketplace, too, with everyday items at everyday prices. They have more than 50,000 products in the marketplace, by the way. Brand names like Xbox, Sony, Apple, GoPro, Fitbit. Well, heck, from electronics to barbecues, furniture, and more. Zebit has everything you need when you need it. Now, Zebit has a five-star rating on Trustpilot, and they've earned that trust with more than a million customers who shop on Zebit. So find out what this is exactly. Sign up for Zebit today at zebit.com slash ricochet and get $2,500 credit to the shop in the Zebit marketplace at zero interest and zero cost to join. Wow, $2,500 credit to the shop, zero interest, zero cost to join. That's Z-E-B-I-T dot com slash ricochet for $2,500 of interest-free credit. Zebit.com slash ricochet. And our thanks to Zebit for sponsoring this, the Ricochet Podcast. And now we welcome back to the podcast, John, you who, according to the comment section of the Washington Post today, is bonkers. That's the nicest word I stopped reading after that. John is professor of law at Berkeley's Bolt Hall School of Law, visiting fellow at the Hoover Institution, co-host of both the wildly popular Law Talk with Epstein and You podcast and Hoover's newly minted Pacific Century podcast, both of which I might add are available right here on Ricochet. When he's not teaching or podcasting, Professor Yu is the chief evangelist, we must, we must mention this again, for McDonald's McRib sandwich, which he is endeavoring to have year-round subsidized <laughs> And uh, some you know, other thing, maybe he will even endeavor someday to uh, tell us what's in it. John, here's a clip. Listen to this. Every single day, whether it's obstruction, 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 obstruction of having uh, people come to the table with facts, ignoring subpoenas and the rest, every single day, the president is making a case. He's, ma- he's becoming self-impeachable. 
Okay, John, self-impeached. Do you go blind or get hair on your palms? Which or both? What does it mean? <laughs> Never heard of self-impeached before. I mean, this wouldn't be the first time I heard a member of the Democratic House insert a new clause into the Constitution that wasn't there. <laughs> it's just, I mean, so, but, you know, people forget, though, that obstruction of justice can be an honor, you know, can be an impeachable offense. You know, President Nixon, uh, as far as we know, didn't actually order the Watergate break-in itself, but he was impeached for the obstruction he, uh, you know, engaged in afterwards in the face of the investigation. But I don't. I I think I'm sad to say I think that what Pelosi is saying is that she wishes someone else would impeach Trump rather than her. Right. But under the Constitution, it's the job of the House to make the decision. Okay, John, Peter here. Legal questions first, then political questions. The legal, I'm not even asking a question. I'm really asking for a little bit of a a tutorial. Nadler's committee in the House, Jerry Nadler of uh, someplace in New York, um, he's the chairman of the committee. They have now voted to hold the attorney general in contempt. That means that it has to go to the floor of the House and be voted on the before he actually is held in contempt of Congress, but they voted it out of committee in favor of holding the attorney general in contempt. The response from the White House this morning was to invoke executive privilege. And as you have noted in print and on various television appearances, by the way, how can you be on? No, this is, I I got to say, I, I think I've achieved the impossible. One day, (laughs) one day I was on Fox, CNN, (laughs) NPR and the Washington Post. Whoa. Even Rob Long, even Rob Long cannot. Well, achieve I have a job. I mean, do you have a job? <laughs> like, like, he has tenure. That's better than just, a job. You just have somebody. You have a publicist letting everybody know you are in full hair and makeup all the time. <laughs> so, hey, John. So uh, here's what I'm thinking about. It, 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 this is something that prosecutors do, right? They 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 keep trying to set traps perjury traps and more traps and they need more investigation so you know they couldn't get martha stewart or insider trading or anything else so they got her you know they in a long interview they got her to lie don't isn't that kind of what's going on here after you know firing blanks with the Mueller report they're just they, they kind of keep wanting to to rake the ground a little bit to get somebody to say something under oath that's illegal so they can put somebody behind bars for something isn't that what's happening here actually if i were the house and I actually did want to impeach Trump. What I'm trying to do is something a little different. I'm actually trying not to have to spend all the energy and time that Mueller did. The House isn't good at investigations. They're not going to be able to do everything Mueller did. So that's why what's really important is not the Mueller report itself. They want access to the investigation. They want all the transcripts of all the interviews. They want all the evidence. that They want to just go over the same stuff that Mueller did because uh, they don't they don't want to spend that much time and energy doing it. I mean, look, I was a Hill staffer. We're fundamentally lazy. We like to spend most right. of our time conniving and conspiring, you know, actually <laughs> right. reading millions of pages of documents. That's for yeah. other people to do. So that's, yeah, you, you have people on your side you want to shank. You don't want to necessarily yeah. shank. Yeah. So, let's, so let me ask you this. Bigger, well, wait, there's one other but, bigger important point here, which is uh, which does get to the executive privilege question, which is. Uh, you might remember Trump actually said he wasn't going to invoke any privileges at all. He he right. allowed every witness to testify before Mueller. He gave handed over all documents, and that's led to a lot of the embarrassing things about in the report, like fire, you know, ordering McGahn yeah. to fire. 
all those privileges can be reinvoked against Congress. So Trump could say, okay, well, I'm not going to, as he is saying, I'm not going to make McGahn available to Congress. So if Congress really wants to get the really damaging, dirty, juicy stuff that Mueller got, they, they're the only way they're going to get it is if they can get access to Mueller's files. Right. But now Trump has has exercised executive privilege uh, on some things. And we are once again having this argument or debate about what executive privilege constitutes, what's what you're what the executive is allowed to do, what they aren't allowed to do. And it seems to me, and we were talking about this before you got on, that this happened has happened in every administration in which I've been, you know, even a young adult. I have been reading about executive privilege. What what is it about executive privilege? A young adult. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, uh. But it seems to me like this is a this is a settled matter and has been settled. But we reopen it. Uh, political opponents reopen it like an old you know wound every time as a president they're trying to take down, which is pretty much every time as a president. Well, you know, presidents have invoked executive privilege from George Washington on, and so these kind of conflicts aren't unusual. But the scope of executive privilege is still unsettled, and that's sort of what I was writing about in the post today was yeah. uh, that actually the House is overreaching. They are claiming things that they aren't allowed to have like grand jury information and anything involving the communications of the president with his advisors. So that the courts have been clear, clear that the president can keep secret. The interesting thing is most of the material that are going to be in Mueller's files a lot of it is not going to be covered by the existing definition of executive privilege that's set out in the Watergate tapes case. So you could see the House demand for this information and the sanction you know, as being the platform for Trump to go right to the Supreme Court, essentially, rush this case through and say, we need to have a broader definition of executive privilege. We need to protect not just my communications, but all the documents within the executive branch where we deliberate on stuff, even if I'm not involved. And all law enforcement material, like investigatory files, like witness statements, and so on. So, in the end, I, I was—I think that the House, by overreaching, could trigger a permanent win for the presidency and a longer-term victory for Trump. So, John, Eric Holder, Barack Obama's Attorney General, was held in contempt of Congress. Went through, voted in the in Congress as a whole, and nothing happened. He remained in office and continued to serve as Attorney General of the United States for some three years after he was held in contempt of Congress. So what does it mean if Attorney General Barr is indeed held in contempt of Congress by the full House of Representatives and not just Nadler's committee? What happens? Nothing? Uh, It's a good question, Peter. Actually, being held in contempt is just the trigger for the lawsuits that uh, will go up to the Supreme Court eventually. The other kinds of contempt – don't work anymore. So there's three – actually, there's three kinds. One is criminal contempt, which actually requires – which makes it a crime to be held in contempt of Congress. But that crime has to be prosecuted by – guess who? The Justice Department. And wow. so what Holder proved – Holder was actually the first attorney general to do – he was the first one to be held in contempt. And then Holder ordered his own Justice Department not to bring the case. So you would expect Barr to do the same thing. The second kind of contempt is the House could issue contempt under its own authority and send its own officials to try to enforce it. So this would be the only time you would see the sergeant at arms of the House 
ever do anything but hold the door open at the State of the <laughs> Union. <laughs> but, you know, if he could move his walker fast enough to chase the attorney general's motorcade and somehow get past the attorney general's security detail, I think that would be an awesome reality show to see the sergeant at arms trying to arrest attorney general Barr, who himself, who himself is a burly fellow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so then the third kind of contempt is what we call civil contempt, which means – that this is another thing I, I sort of suggest in the post piece is um, today is that it, there, the Congress wrote its own statute giving it the right to try to go to court, not criminally but civilly, and try to sue the executive branch. The lower courts have allowed this, but the Supreme Court has never actually passed on this law. And so I could easily see the Supreme Court saying, if they're not going to say executive privilege is really broad. We're going to, you know, the Trump may use this as the opportunity to broaden the theory of privilege. I could see a court, this court especially, saying, what the hell's at our business? The federal, the Federalist Papers, actually, when they talk about the separation of powers, they don't ever actually mention the courts being involved as the umpire. It says each branch uh, has its own powers. And then James Madison says in Federalist 51, he says, we expect quote, ambition to counteract ambition, unquote. Mm -hmm. They expect the branches to fight with their own powers. And Congress has a lot of powers, like the power of the purse. If you're you know, Pelosi, why not just say we're going to shut the government down in the election year and make the economy worse? <laughs> you know, good luck <laughs> in getting reelected. And why don't you hand over the papers now? So when I worked in the uh, on the Hill, we actually always got the information we wanted in the end, but it was because we were willing to use – all kinds of other tools to pry it loose. Hey, John Peter here with one last question. And it is this, you, you when you're not appearing on television, if you appear in the classroom Wait, or so, is, I'm told, there, is there a time when he doesn't? I mean, you mean that 10 minutes a month? His online biography at the University of California at Berkeley Law School claims that Professor Yu is indeed a professor. Here's the question. Donald Trump has been in office for a couple of years now. The economy is booming. Everybody's sort of gotten used to the idea that he's going to tweet this and tweet that and that the Democrats are going to be outraged by whatever, blah, 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 blah. But he's been in office for a long time. The economy is booming and the Mueller report was a dud. Do you notice any change in the way your students and your colleagues at Cal Berkeley think about and talk about the chief executive? Oh, no, they still hate Trump. <laughs> I think they're still uh, in a state of depression about the Mueller report. Uh -huh. I think everybody expected Mueller to find something, and, and uh, people are dumbfounded. Totally. I love it. It's great. It's almost as quiet now as it was the night of the election. <laughs> all right last question before we go john and these guys have been pussyfooting around this for the entire thing and frankly i'm tired of all this just blase weak sauce dishwater talk here i want to get down to the real issue when you order the the mcrib from the touchscreen at mcdonald's do you use your finger because that's what you use to pick the food up with i use my knuckle <laughs> you know i i was just you know i was just at mcdonald's yesterday I you know I don't really like the touch screen, but they didn't have the McRib yesterday, so I ordered. You know, this, neither of you have actually, none of you have actually been in a McDonald's lately. I bet because right now they're running an outrageous two for five dollars promotion, and so I got a Big Mac and a quarter pounder with cheese. 
This is the man who appeared on three television programs and NPR. What sort of tell us that he's a regular Joe? What sort of how man is How do you think I stand listening to all these hosts ask their their questions? I got. I'm just right when you see me on TV. Yeah, prize. Right. What sort of man of the people nonsense is this? I know you're showing up in a tux with your hair carefully pomaded and you've got your pancake makeup from the studio still on. And somehow you're casting aspersions on me here in the heartland where real America is that I don't go to a McDonald's. It is true. When we are on the cruise ship, I often have a tuxedo on it. And I noticed, James, you like it. You favor the yellow tank tops that were banned (laughs) after the 1970s. It's been great talking to you today, John. John, you, of course, read his piece in the Washington Post. We'll link to it. And and, uh, goodbye. (laughs) See you later, John. So long, John. (laughs) See you on television. Yeah, I know. That's that's where you live now. Uh, John is dead wrong, though. Um, don't have that yellow tank top anymore. I've got yellow shirts, though, because if you're going on a tropical cruise, why not wear something bright like the sun, like the culture itself? Magenta, fuchsia, tangerine, all kinds of hues. Uh, I, I got them and I like them. People say you look like a tropical flower. Well, okay. You know what? On vacation, that's not such a bad thing. Flowers are beautiful, are they not? And you know what? Your mother likes flowers, too. She really does. And, uh, you know, Mother's Day is coming up fast. So shop like a pro this Mother's Day. I mean, where would you be without your mom, right? Where would you be? You would not exist. So what you have to do is find some way to say thank you. And there's, you know, all kinds of things you can do. The handwritten note is great. The gluing a little Maxim and macaroni letters on a piece of board is like you did in Cub Scouts. That's fine, too. But flowers as a component of your gift are absolutely indispensable. You know, so what I got from Pro Flowers was, <laughs> was extraordinary. I got this wonderful box, which I almost wished that if my mom, God rest her, was still alive, I could have just wrapped up that box in paper and given it to her as a gift because unboxing it is a wonderful experience. You open it up. There are your flowers perfectly preserved. There's not a petal loose. There's, they're fresh. They're fragrant. And they come in a vase as well. So you can get it right in, cut them off. You add a little special powder that keeps them alive. And within, within a minute, you have gone from a box to a gift that's absolutely gorgeous. Now, of course, you can order something else if you'd like. I had the roses, and man, they're still around, too, two weeks later. Pro Flowers lets you choose from a variety of bouquets, unique vases that suit, uh, you know, every mom style. So just simply select the delivery date you want. Pro Flowers carefully packages your flowers and delivers them fresh from the farm. And express delivery means flowers stay fresh. Right now, get one dozen assorted roses for nineteen ninety nine. Now, Double the roses and get a premium face for just $9.99 more. How? Will you visit proflowers.com? Proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter the code Ricochet. That's proflowers.com. Click the microphone code Ricochet. Mother's Day is May 12th, so don't wait. Order like a pro and get this amazing rose deal to thank all the moms in your life. And bookmark proflowers.com, too, because there's going to be times coming forward you're going to want to send flowers as well. And it's the best place to do it. Our thanks to Pro Flowers for sponsoring this, the Ricochet Podcast. Well, gentlemen, before we close up here, another episode of a show I did not know necessarily. We had a recurring – we should get a theme for this. Uh, Democrats run for president. I think it's up to 27 <laughs> of them for now. Biden way up. Beto, interestingly enough, turning into into yesterday's chewed out, flavorless, well masticated gum, where everybody yes. now the now the stories are, you know, this privileged white male has failed upward his entire life. Was it just the appearance of uh, the 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 surge of Mayor Pete? 
or the arrival of Biden that made them just say, all right, we can put this guy in the trash heap of history now. As long as Rob was talking about self-lubricating catheters and (laughs) John Hughes talking about self-impeachment, I have a self-correction to offer. I overestimated Beto, and I so far it appears very pretty dramatically that I underestimated Joe Biden. Beto is just a flake. I thought he was actually going to prove quite formidable. Um, anybody who holds Ted Cruz to within three points in a as red a state as Texas should be uh, struck me as as uh, somebody that we ought to pay attention to. Wrong, wrong. People are just not buying the Beto Act. And um, my view was that Joe Biden was yesterday's man. Actually, that appear. I think actually that was right. But that's exactly what seems to be appealing about him, at least among Democrats. So I stand self, not self lubricated, self corrected. Rob, do you think that there's a problem with Biden running when you've got 20, 30 years of him saying stuff that can come out in an endless series of ads? Because of all the people running today, he's got the he's got the record of saying stuff, and it's going to yeah. come out. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, the stuff he's the, the, the stuff going to hurt him now is not the crazy stuff, but the stuff he said that's sensible. I mean, that's what's hurting him now with the Democrats. It's not mm-hmm. the dumb things he said, but the sensible things like we need border security. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. things like that are really going to upset the base. His uh, upset a part of the base, but we don't really know what the Democratic primary voter is thinking, what they want, how close they, how close they want to cut it, or whether they're willing to take a risk. I mean, the problem with Beto is that he isn't different enough in anything from the collection of all the rest. So he's not really that exciting. He's sort of exciting, I guess, if you're a Texas Democrat. But if you're a Iowa Democrat or New York Democrat or a California Democrat, what's a, you, got, you got you got more you got bigger celebrities to deal with, right? Right. His, his I mean his market, his, his addressable market is smaller because he's got two strikes against him. He's white and he's a guy, and if you don't want a white guy but you want, you know, crackpot left-wing politics, you can get them from Kamala Harris, you can get them from Elizabeth Warren, you can get them from you know, and Elizabeth Warren, as we all know, is also Native American. So, you know, you get it's like, why would you go shopping for, you know, vanilla when you can get pistachio? And so. Right. And then you have Joe Biden, who's like he's the guy. He, he's the he's the one who's negatives for a long time. in the Democrat Democratic Party among Democratic activists are going to be that he's not crazy. I mean, he's crazy, but, but he's not crazy left wing. And. I'm not sure that's going to hurt him. I, I, who knows? I mean, w- primary voters are weird, right? They're very weird and they're very hard to to pin down, uh, especially uh, these days. They used to be really easy to pin down, but they're hard to pin down. And uh, to to prove it, we have President Donald Trump. Um, and before President Donald Trump, we had President Barack Obama. Neither one of those two, uh, according to the old rules, should have come out of the primary process as the nominee, but both did. So it's clear that both parties are kind of redefining what it is like to be a primary voter, what it means to be a primary voter. And, um, I, you know, who knows? Uh, Biden's a very good campaigner. He's a very, very good campaigner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that because he's run for president a lot. <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> won. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, but I suspect there's just, there's just so much room. There's only so much room in there for a run-of-the-mill um, progressive. Uh, and so if you're Beto, like, okay, well, Mayor Pete's more interesting, or it's, uh, it's right, just, it's just not right, much room. Right. So mm-hmm. it's getting crowded up for, by, by market realities, and I think the market realities are probably going to last for the next six to nine months, and then um, my guess is then get super serious. The people are going to get serious about it, and um, it, 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 in, if there's no 
interesting, exciting, uplifting, positive, Obama-like uh, candidate, it's going to go to Joe Biden. And, 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 and Joe Biden seems like he is that candidate now. He's uh, Joe Biden, Mayor Pete. Those are the people that I, I had lunch with a, uh, a friend of mine today who's a, you know, she's in the conservative movement. And she said something really interesting. She, she is a first gen, second generation American um, from New York City. And her uh, father, who was an, who was an immigrant, uh, just kind of naturally voted Republican. Or maybe here's her grandmother. And, and the reason why she said she didn't really know why, but the reason she said was like, I don't like the, I don't like the, uh, the all those other people. They seem like complainers. Mm. They're complainers, and she didn't like complainers. She's from South America, complainers. And what she kind of means is like the her the, the president who is the icon in her mind is Reagan, who was never right. a complainer. Right. And right. look for the most positive, uplifting, hopeful. Uh, everything's going to be great. Everything could be better. Um, look for that person to win. That that person usually wins, in the certainly on the Democratic side. Rob James, I have a I have a, a thought experiment for you. I agree with everything that Rob has just said. It's going to be Joe Biden, overwhelmingly likely at this stage. Nothing's going to change for six. Then people will get serious and they say, "Well, we want to win," unless at the last moment, before it becomes impossible to get the name, get your name up on the ballot in every state and to enter every primary at that last moment, one new candidate will enter the race, <laughs> seize the democratic nomination and become the next president of the United States. And her name will be Michelle Obama. Oh, interesting. That is, it is not crazy. Is it? It, it is, is a, it no. is a non crazy thought. I think that is a non insane yeah. thought. And, and you, and we will know, that this is going to happen or has happened or is, is, has been uh, decided in private uh, circles as a sure thing because the, it'll be, uh, they'll play the sad news. It'll be Hillary Clinton leapt off of the GW bridge. <laughs> and that's how we'll know. Holding hands with Kamala Harris. Uh, well, no, because they, they're going to, you know, they know they get another shot at this. I um, yeah. That's a great point, Peter. And uh, Lordy Massey, me, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Peter has one more question for Rob, by the way. Something he's no, no, no. That would, that, oh, oh, I see. Yes, 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 I do. Okay, so here's the thing, James. First of all, I'm going to ask this question. Sausage. I want, I want, Sausage. I want, how is it made? Let everybody see exactly how it is. He said, attempting to do formatics and close the show. Peter, go on. Okay, so I want James to critique the question. Here's the thing. I grew up in upstate New York, and all my life growing up. The city, New York City, was cool. I am also of a generation in which every industry that I cared about, and th I am a pre-Silicon well, Valley. So let, Manhattan let, is let, still. Let me, stop, let me stop you right there. Let yes. me stop you right there. One of the industries that you care about are the sponsors of our show. Go. If you go ahead and say everything you say, after which I say the sponsors, people tune out. We want to leave them on tenterhooks to where you're going with this. So before right. you do, I have to say. I want to say with pride that this podcast was brought to you by ProFlowers, by Zebit, Z-E-B-I-T, and Bowen Branch. Support them for supporting us. Promo code Ricochet. All the links on the website. And also, I've got to mention, because one of these days it's going to work, go to iTunes. Leave a review. We love that, especially if it's five-star and glowing. That helps other people find the show, and that helps the site prosper and make money, and we'll be here next week and the week after that. So – Peter was just saying that when he was growing up, Manhattan was Manhattan this glittering monument of fascination. 
Exactly. So. And so my question is, and I'm sorry to say, James, I do not feel the same interest in what you might do this weekend in <laughs> Minneapolis as what Rob is going to get up to in the great glittering Gotham. Oh, um, you know, not much. It's going to rain. It's going to be raining. So I've got to be honest. Well, I set you not up much. like that and you said, I know. I, I, I wish raining. you told me I would. I, I, I could lie, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. That it's going to be a little rainy. So not much. You can't, you can't be arsed to go outside because you can't get a cab. Is that it? I mean, we all know it's that like, when, you know, it's, when, it, when it rains, the cabs disappear and all the guys I may go out to cheap umbrella. I'll but tell you, please. I may go out to dinner. There's, there's that possibility. Okay. No, I'm stimulating the local economy by going to a big box store and buying about 50 yards of low-voltage cable. I'm going to be embedding them in the ground of my earth and attaching little devices to them that glow in the night so that the house has a domestic sheen to it that uh, that cuts through the Empyrean gloom of a Minnesota night. And uh, then I'm going to have a pizza and I'm going to have some whiskey and then probably on Sunday I'm going to go to McDonald's and I'm going to have wait, wait, two, wait, wait. two you can get a, You can get a yard job that big done in one day? Is well, this by I, yourself, or are you having? A, have you hired a crew to come in and help? It's not that hard to do. Really, it isn't. It's not like you got to get a trenching machine out. I just got to get a little hole, make a little cut, make a little run around where I needed to right. go, attach the lights. I've been doing this for 15, 18 years. Oh, I, by yeah. the way, everything you just said, Peter heard like it was the teacher on uh, the Peanuts cartoon. <laughs> it was just all right, boys. We'll leave you with that. Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you in the comments, of course, at Ricochet 4.0. Next week, Next week. Hey, Matilda. 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 She take me money and run Venezuela once again now. Matilda. 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 She take me money and run Venezuela. Five hundred dollars, friends are lost. Woman even sell me cat and horse. Hey, uh, Matilda, she take me money and run Venezuela. Everybody, Matilda, sing up the chorus. Matilda, sing a little louder. Matilda, she take me money and run Venezuela. Once again now, Matilda, run round the corner. Matilda, sing up the chorus. Matilda. Well, the money was to buy me house and land. Then she got a serious plan. Hey, Matilda, she take me money and run Venezuela. Everybody. Matilda. Matilda. Matilda, she take me money and run Venezuela. Once again now. Matilda. Right on the corner. Matilda. Well, the money was just inside me bed Stuck up in a pillow beneath me head Don't you know? Matilda, she found me money Everybody Matilda 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 She made me money and run I don't, I don't take clients who don't Remember that, Peter? 